When I uh, chose this picture on Thursday, I didn't know how much it would fit our attitude today. Um, we're all ready to get on a plane and get out of here. Um, there's a lot of trips that are exciting that would be a relief. But we also started talking um, last week about a different kind of trip. And this spring, as we head towards Easter, we're looking at journeys, Jesus' final trip to Jerusalem and the cross and Easter. And of course, it was not an exciting trip. It was his final trip, and he knew that. He was aware of that. But each week, we're going to look at some person or some uh, event along that trip. And today, we come to our first one. It was way before Jerusalem. It was um, a voice in the crowd, and it's really an interesting story I want us to look at today. Uh, we're going to, uh, the whole day will be in Mark 10, so if you want to keep your finger there, we're going to look at a variety of verses in it. I want to start with verse 46. Um, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. Let's stop there for just a second because I want us to picture how that was really playing out for Jesus and Bartimaeus. Uh, Jericho was one of the main gateways to Jerusalem. It's where you left the Jordan River Valley and you headed up the mountains west to the, the city of Jerusalem. It was a pretty windy road through a narrow, twisty valley. Um, and... Jesus is now at the third year of his ministry, and so it's at the height of his popularity. And as Mark tells us, there were great crowds around him. By this point in Jesus' life, everywhere he went, it drew a lot of attention. Because of who he was, because of how he taught, because of the miracles he worked, because of how he was challenging the religious establishment that the average person probably didn't respect that highly. And so there are a lot of people following Jesus. But the other situation you have is they were leaving Jericho. And this is something we don't identify with. But they were still walled cities in general back then. And the city gates became a choke point, if I can call it that. Wherever you were in the city, you had to funnel in to that gate to get out. So everybody coming or leaving Jericho had to go through those gates. So if you were a beggar what better place to hang out than at the city gates? Because you're guaranteed to get everybody. The other thing we need to understand is in Jesus' day, there was no such thing as disability insurance or social security. If you couldn't work, you didn't eat. And there was no government program to take care of you. If you were from a wealthy family, maybe they could take care of you. But the average person wasn't from a wealthy family. And the average family back then didn't have excess money sitting around to help a relative who couldn't work. And so if you couldn't work, you pretty much had to beg. And so way beyond what we see of one or two homeless people at a traffic light, there would have been quite a crowd of people by most city gates. Whether they were crippled, whether they were blind, whatever their disability was, they couldn't work. And so if they wanted to eat, they had to beg. And so here comes Jesus, 
through the city gates, and there's a big crowd around him. And there was a man there with a lot of others, but we know his name, and his name was Bartimaeus. The average person never noticed these beggars, but Jesus did. Go back and read verses 47 and 48. When Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now we know from later in the story, Bartimaeus isn't standing, he's seated. I mean, these beggars were there all day long, so even if they could stand, and Bartimaeus clearly could walk, he will walk. Even if you could walk, you still sat because you were there all day long. So here comes this crowd by, Jesus is at the center of it because everyone wants to hear him, and suddenly you hear this voice, you can't even see who it's from, yelling, Jesus, pay attention to me. And probably a lot of us might have reacted like the crowd. Shut up. It was just an annoying voice. And the beggars were always calling out. That's how they got your attention and hoped for a coin. But Bartimaeus knows who it is. He's heard about Jesus of Nazareth. And he thinks, this guy I've heard notices people others overlook. And he can heal. I've heard about the miracles he does. And so he just yells louder. Which for those telling him to shut up, probably just infuriated them further. They probably yelled shut up a little more emphatically. And of course, nothing is going to stop Bartimaeus at this point. Now there's one other thing you need to understand about this story that would be different from a lot of us today. And that is in Jesus' day, People saw any kind of disability or bad circumstances that came upon you as, in general, a judgment of God. You know, if you're suffering like that, it must be because you've sinned. And so whatever's happening to you, God is punishing you for your sin. But what that gives you is permission to not care. Because, you see, I, I wouldn't want to interfere with God's judgment. And so if God's punishing you, then clearly there's a, a lesson for you to be learned. I need to let you suffer. And so the number of people who would actually care about the lame, the crippled, the blind was pretty small. And they could feel very righteous in ignoring them because, after all, this is God's judgment. And that was the common concept in the first century among the Jewish people. And so to know that there was somebody like Jesus who actually cared about crippled people, blind people, leprous people, uh, women who had been cast off and nobody would talk to, to know that that kind of guy who could work miracles is actually, he's right in front of me. And Bartimaeus probably couldn't even see him. All he could see was a bunch of backs, but he had heard it's Jesus of Nazareth, and so he starts yelling louder and louder. Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me. And he won't stop. And that's what brings us to how Jesus reacts. 
and the invitation which Jesus gives to him. Look in verse 49. Jesus stopped and said, call him over here. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, good news, on your feet. He's calling you. He wants you to come talk to him. Now I want you to notice something there. I didn't go look at every miracle Jesus does, but it seems to me often Jesus goes to the person. But not this time. He says, okay, if Bartimaeus wants help, tell him to come over here. He has to get up and come over here and talk to me. Pretty interesting that this famous rabbi who is busy going to Jerusalem and remember, Jesus isn't just on a friendly walk in the park, and he's even just not on a nice vacation. He knows where he's headed, and he knows what's waiting for him in Jerusalem. And I think most of us would be a little tense if we were on that final trip and knowing what's coming. And the conflict, not just the cross, but all the tension that is ahead of him. And yet he stops in the midst of that trip as he's, oh good, we're out of Jericho, let's get up this valley. And then here is this unruly person screaming at the back of the crowd. Jesus can't even make eye contact with him. And he says, wait a minute, stop everything. Have him come over here. I think we learned something about Jesus there. But remember why we're taking this journey. It's not just... So we can watch and see these interesting events in Jesus' life. We said we were taking this journey as disciples of Jesus. So like the twelve, we can learn from him. We're not just watching Jesus, we're watching our mentor. We're watching our leader who sets the direction, sets the tone for our lives. We've said that as Christians. We want Jesus to not just be Savior, but Lord. And that's why I want us to pause, and I think this is one of the first lessons that we need to capture and remember as we walk with Jesus these weeks. Jesus was quite willing to interrupt his plans because there was somebody presented in front of him who had a need. And it was an interruption, and Jesus had an agenda, and he had a focus, and he was going somewhere, but he stopped because there was a need. And I think there's a lesson in that from Jesus that we need to all capture. Especially as we all become busier and busier people. I doubt if there's one in 50 in this room who goes through their day and says, I got lots of extra time. If I see somebody, I'll just easily stop. No big deal. Most of us would be the exact opposite, isn't it? I don't have time. Don't, don't look. Don't listen. Don't make eye contact. I'm busy. i got to get somewhere. Well, so did Jesus. But he made time to notice those around him who might have a need and to realize that God might want to use him to touch another's life. In whatever way that might look and however that might play out, there was an openness in a busy day to say, as I'm going through this day, God, if you've got somebody you need me to notice and stop and interact with and maybe help them in some way, 
Help me not overlook them. Help me have sensitive eyes to that. I, I don't know how you are. My personality is such, if I get focused on a goal, I can miss stuff. And sometimes to the point of which my wife I say, how did you not see that? But I, I had that goal in mind. And I was going there, and I was getting that done. But I've also come to see Satan can use that. To miss that person along the way that God might want me to notice and pause and help. And I think that's a lesson all of us need to watch today in Jesus and say, how can I be more attentive to the unexpected people God brings me in touch with? Whether that's at work, in a store, whatever that might be. God, help me to keep my eyes open for that, my ears open. There's one other lesson I want us to hear and see here before we go further. And that is not so much a lesson for how we can be like Jesus, but a lesson in how Jesus is. Because I realize as we sit here today, there may be somebody who's saying, I, I'm not ready to be like Jesus. I'm that beggar and I'm blind. There may be some people here whose life is so dark right now, they don't see how to do tomorrow. They don't see how to get through this dark valley. And if that's you today, I want you to capture Jesus and see what Bartimaeus saw. Because here is this incredible man who still has time for you. And nobody else may notice you're blindless. You may feel like you're sitting beside the road and everybody is going right past you. But there's one person who will notice you, and that's Jesus. And I want you to see Jesus in all his compassion, how he notices people that others don't notice. And if you feel like no one else cares, there is one who does care, and that's Jesus. And he shows that again and again and again and again. He has shown that throughout his whole ministry for three years. How he does care for people no one else cares for. And he's willing to stop and he's willing to notice and he's willing to talk and he's willing to help. And I just want you to know that that Jesus is real. And he does see you and he does care. And that's the Jesus that challenges all of us to be like him. Now, how did Jesus help him? Well, let's go back and read a few more verses. Let's start with verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Then Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Now think about that. Pretty interesting question. Duh. Duh. But I think there's a point to it. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Notice how Jesus helped him. Jesus didn't just walk over, as he does with some people, and just heal them. He says, tell him to come here. And he makes Bartimaeus get up, throw off his beggar's rags, and come over to him. 
And I don't think that's by accident. I don't think Jesus was being mean. I think he was challenging Bartimaeus a little bit. Do you want help? We've learned in all kinds of situations with addictions and all kinds of other counseling situations that if people really want to get better, they want, have to want to. And there was a little bit of Jesus saying to Bartimaeus, Are you just want to sit over in the corner and yell or do you want to do something and come here? And it says Bartimaeus had to throw off his beggar's coat, his, I called them his rags, and get up and come to Jesus. I had a teacher a lot of years ago challenge me with that picture of Bartimaeus throwing off his rags. And what she challenged me with was this. Are there things we need to throw off if we're going to come to Jesus? Are there things we're attached to? Are there things we're busy with that are keeping us from coming to Jesus? Are there some things we need to throw off, let go of? in order for us to come to Jesus and Him to heal us. That's always been a challenging picture to me to ask of myself, because sometimes when Jesus doesn't do what we want, He doesn't heal us right away, our first reaction is frustration with Jesus. But I think we always have to ask ourselves, is the problem Jesus, or is the problem that I'm sitting beside the road and I won't throw off my cloak? I won't get up and come to Jesus. Is there a challenge in here Jesus needs me to do? To demonstrate to him that I really do want him to heal me. That I really do want him. That I really do have faith. Because part of what Bartimaeus was doing was expressing his faith. And then I ask you to notice that one last question that Jesus asks of him. What do you want me to do? And at first I thought, well, that's just a goofy question but it's not if you think about it any beggar who would ask that or you would ask that of any beggar there's an obvious answer isn't there I, I want a coin I, I, I need some money that's why I'm here uh, I need to eat and the easiest way to do that is not give me food but give me some money so I can go buy food the automatic answer is I need a coin I think, this is my opinion, I think Jesus was asking him, how much faith do you have? Do you want to ask for a coin? The safe request. Do you want to ask for a miracle? Which would only be possible if you really believe I am the son of David. I am the Messiah. I think he was asking Bartimaeus, you were screaming son of David to get my attention, but do you really have faith? Do you really think I'm the Son of God? Or do you think you better just go for a coin? And Bartimaeus says, I want to see. I think that was an expression on Bartimaeus' part that he did believe Jesus was more than just a wise rabbi or a popular teacher. I think Bartimaeus did believe in some way that this Jesus was the Messiah. And so he says, I want to see. And in that act of faith, Jesus says, your wish is granted. Because of your faith, you can see. I think there's a lesson for us in that, in how Jesus interacts with him. 
Because I think sometimes in our niceness, it's easy to just give somebody something. And that, that, that may help them. But there is a greater way we can help them, and that is to invite them to come to Jesus. To invite them to get up and come meet him, encounter Jesus, take that bigger step of faith. It's harder for us. It's easier to just give them a coin. But Jesus wants to give them so much more. But I think we need to have that same message that the disciples said, hey, he's calling you, come to him. I want you to meet somebody. I want you to see what he can do. We have so much more to give. Jesus did one more thing, and this is another one of my opinions. I can't prove this from Scripture. But do you find it interesting we know his name? In other words, there's all kinds of people Jesus heals. We don't know their name. The woman with the issue of blood. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Ten blind, uh, ten lepers. We, go, we don't know their names. How do we know Bartimaeus' name? I have a theory. And that is we know his name because he kept following Jesus. Mark tells us he got up and followed Jesus. He went to Jerusalem with him. I have a hunch he kept following Jesus and he became a Christian. And even after Jesus was dead in 40 days, he remained a part of the disciples. And so when it came to write this gospel, they put in his name automatically because it's, well, he, you know him, he's Bartimaeus. And I don't think that would surprise any of us. If we've been blind for, pick an age for Bartimaeus, I don't care, 20, 30, 40 years. And this guy comes along and gives us our sight. And we realize this is somebody like I've never heard of before. I think it's not a surprise that Bartimaeus got up and he followed him. And he kept following Jesus. And he became a disciple of Christ himself. And in a sense, isn't that the greater gift that Jesus can give? Sight, my sight is done when I die and get buried. But to know Jesus and to be his follower and to have him as my savior for eternity, that I can now be adopted as a child of God, that is the greatest gift Christ can give. And the gift that he came to give to everyone, way beyond meeting a physical need, but that we might become children of God. That's why he came, that our sins could be forgiven. So I want us to think for just a minute as we close some of the lessons that we can learn from today's story. One is the incredible good news that whoever we are in whatever situation we're in, Jesus is willing to notice us. He cares. And no matter how busy he is running the universe, he has time for us. Just as he had time for Bartimaeus. And the lesson that challenges all of us to make time to pay attention to people. To realize that even in our busiest day, even at work, in the neighborhood, um, with a bunch of friends, Whatever we might be doing, there might be someone God is bringing into our life because He wants us to notice them and touch their life. And that we need to take that challenge from Jesus to not be so busy or so focused that we miss those 
opportunities. Those divine appointments. I, I just love that concept. Divine appointment. It's God's appointment for us. And there's somebody at 10 o'clock today or 1.30 this morning as we go get gas or we do whatever. There may be a divine appointment that God is bringing us into touch with someone. And what a tragedy if we're so busy we miss it. When God said, shoot, I was hoping I could use you to talk to that person, to touch that person. And there's a challenge for us in that. But that challenge is to not just notice people, but to realize the greatest good we can do is get to know them and build a relationship so in some way we can help them meet Jesus. Because there is a greater gift than sight he wants to give. And that is that we might have a relationship with the living God through his son who died for us. So that's Bartimaeus. And next week, we'll look at somebody else. More lessons to learn as Jesus journeys to Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John who gave us four biographies of Jesus that we can learn about his life and who he encountered, how he treated people, how he noticed people, how he cared. And I ask you to help us that we would learn from him and be more like him. And if there's somebody here in this room today who feels more like Bartimaeus, blind and neglected and ignored and helpless, I pray that you could touch their heart to realize that there is somebody who cares. Jesus. And that in some way we could help them understand how Jesus cares today. I pray this in his name.